Blog Talk Radio. And hello out there to all you Brooklyn folks. This is Sam Maxwell, and you are here with the Bedford and Sullivan Podcast, the podcast that keeps you, the audience, active listeners, in the Brooklyn Dodgers TV series research process. And we are going to go down to the home of many ball players, especially Carl Erskine, uh, the, bur- the, the neighborhood in the borough of Brooklyn called Bay Ridge, and uh, to help us basically take a, a virtual audible walk through Bay Ridge is the Brooklyn Borough historian Ron Schweiger, who's joined us many a times, and we uh, welcome him once more. Thank you so much again for joining us, Ron. Thank, thank you for asking me back again. I enjoy it very much. So, you know, there's a, there's a lot to talk about. Unfortunately, we only have about a half hour or so, but, but uh, where would you like to, to start when it comes to the, the neighborhood in the uh, south of Brooklyn called Bay Ridge? Well, before it was even a neighborhood, the, the initial residents that lived in the area were Indians. These were the, uh, what they call the Nyack Indians. In fact, just north of New York City is an area, uh, a small city called Nyack, New York. Um, they were a branch of the Algonquin Indians from upstate New York. And also the main branch of Indians in Brooklyn were the Canarsie Indians, also from the Algonquin in upstate New York. Um, and one of the first Europeans to sail into the lower Bay Area, where the Verrazano Bridge is now, was uh, none other than Giovanni de Verrazano. And that was in the year 1524. And, um, and of course, the bridge is named after him because he was the first European to lay eyes on what is now Bay Ridge, all right? But it, there's a long story before it actually became Bay Ridge. Um, about 80-some-odd years later, in 1609, sailing for the Dutch West India Company was Henry Hudson. Now, he didn't make a stop where Giovanni de Verrazano did. He sailed right up New York Harbor, uh, of course, before it was called New York Harbor, right up the Hudson River, all the way up to where today's Albany is, the, the state capital. Um, and since he was sailing for the, although um, he was an Englishman, he was sailing for the Dutch company. And uh, the area that is now Albany was originally called Fort Orange, named after the Dutch flag, uh, which is white, blue, and orange. Um, anyhow, um, that's the beginning. That's the, the first Europeans that actually uh, came through there. Um, if we now go to 60, year 1652, there was a Dutchman named Cornelius van Werkhoven, and he and his wife and children sailed to the New World, and um, their goal was to establish a new village in the new Dutch land, and the new village was going to be called New Utrecht, named after the village of Utrecht in the Netherlands. Sailing with him was a gentleman named Jacques Cortelieu, but here in Brooklyn we call it Cortelieu, and of course there's Cortelieu Road that runs through most of Flatbush. Uh, Jacques Corlieu was a French Huguenot, sometimes known as a Walloon, and he was a tutor for Mr. Werkhoven's children. So Mr. Werkhoven was in the process of buying, and that's in quotes and unquotes, buying land from the local Indians, um, and of course no money was transacted. What would money be 
for the Indians. There was nothing. There were no stores to buy anything. So a ch- exchange of goods was the transaction. And Mr. Warcoven was buying the land to become the village of New Utrecht. That was in 1652. Three, uh, shortly after, he sailed back to the Netherlands to finalize some paperwork. But unfortunately, he died there in 1655. And Mr. Cordelieu, or Cortelieu, if you want to speak Brooklynese, um, he finalized the transaction with the Indians with Mr. Werkhoven's wife's permission and sealed the deal with the Indians, and the Dutch village of New Utrecht was established. And Mr. Cordelieu made the first map of the village of New Utrecht. Um, and eventually, what was the village of New Utrecht was broken up into other neighborhoods, today known as uh, Bay Ridge, Fort Hamilton, Borough Park, Bensonhurst, Bath Beach, and you might be able to find one or two others thrown in there. So all these neighborhoods in Brooklyn today that I just mentioned was part of the original Dutch town of New Utrecht. So that that's the beginning history of the area. So what I, I liked how you said if you want to talk Brooklynese, Cortelieu <laughs> is obviously how I had always heard it. How is it actually pronounced, or not actually pronounced, but pronounced in other accents? It's it's pronounced Cortelieu. 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 Well, I mean, and, um, you know, the first it, time it, I heard yeah, that was was when I was living in Flatbush on Rugby Road. My next door neighbor, uh, Tom Montori. Tom is now, I think, about maybe ninety-seven years old. Maybe uh, he was my next door neighbor, and he always pronounced it Cordelieu. I said, Tom, it's Cortelieu. He goes, no, 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 it's pronounced Cordelieu. That's the correct pronunciation. So, and Tom bought the house there in 1956, so he goes way, way back. And he's still living there today at age, I think, 96 or 97. Um, I had the distinct pleasure and honor of escor- escorting four members of the Cordelieu family about, I think, maybe three years ago. Uh, they contacted me, and I met them on Cortelieu Road. Excuse me, Cordelieu Road. They had never been into the Flappish area where Cordelieu Road is, and they didn't know really too much of the back history of their family. So um, I took them through a little bit of Victorian Flatbush, took a picture of them by the Cortelieu Road street sign, the original 1905 street sign, which is on the corner of Argyle Road and Cordelieu Road, and then I took them to the old stone house in Gowanus, which is right on the border of Park Slope and Gowanus, and that stone house, which was originally built in 1699, was the site of the Battle of Brooklyn during the the Revolutionary War in 1776, and um, that house was eventually purchased by a member of the Cordelieu family. And a couple of generations of the Cordelieu family lived in that house. It is today a museum, and I took the four, the four Cordelieu family members into the house, um, and there's a whole timeline of the Cordelieu family that existed and lived in that house over the last couple of centuries. 
and it's and they were astonished. They were amazed. It was wonderful, really a wonderful experience. I've got to check that out sometime, and maybe even we'll we'll have a podcast exclusively about the uh, Porto Portel. And see, I can't say it uh, the right way <laughs> now. I'm so used to saying. Uh, well, the house is a museum. It's open to the public. Uh, Kim Meyer is the caretaker and the head of the of the uh, old stone house. And since you're an old Brooklyn Dodger fan, that house in the 1880s was the clubhouse for the Brooklyn Baseball right. Club, which became eventually the Brooklyn Dodgers, because there was a ball field right adjacent to the house known as, you know it, don't you? Washington, Washington Park. Yep, Washington Park. Very good. Washington Park, named after George Washington after the Battle of Brooklyn during the Revolutionary War. So, so going back to to down the road, Bay Ridge. Um, wh- what exactly uh, constitutes, from a block to block perspective, uh, the the neighborhood of Bay Ridge? Well, I'm not sure of the exact boundaries, but of course, the bay itself would be a boundary. Um, Shore Road, which is right by the bay, um, I believe 60th Street is a boundary line. Um, I'm not sure what the other two or three boundaries would be. Uh, you know, communities blend into one another. But I know 60th Street would be one. The Bay itself or Shore Road would be one uh, of the boundary lines. Um, in- interestingly, um, the original name of Bay Ridge was not Bay Ridge. Um, the original name uh, by the Dutch was called Yellow Hook named after the yellow coloring in the clay in the soil. Now, it was a very prosperous growing farming community originally. But in 1848, 1849, there was a severe yellow fever outbreak. And um, this outbreak of yellow fever caused um, people to stop coming into the area, fearing that the name Yellow Hook comes from the yellow fever, which, of course, is false. So by 1853, the town fathers decided, we well, got to do something to take the fear out of the name. So in 1853, um, very prominent members of the community um, got together. They had a meeting, and they came up with the name Bay Ridge because it overlooks the bay, of course, and it's up on a ridge. And that ridge, by the way, extends from Bay Ridge right through into Greenwood Cemetery, Prospect Park, and through the, the spine of Long Island. And that was the southern terminus of the last ice glacier, Ice Age, which ended approximately oh, about 70,000 years ago. So that's where the ice ended, where the glacier ended. And as the ice receded and started to melt, the glacial moraine or the rocks and debris and the pebbles were left behind. And that is the ridge, the high point of Bay Ridge and Greenwood Cemetery and um, Prospect Park and even through the spine of Long Island. That is the terminal moraine of the last ice age here in the New York area. So the Bay Ridge got you its know, name from the change from Yellow Hook. The topography is just so interesting when it comes to not only Brooklyn but all of New York, of course, you know, I think that that 
land shapes the way cities grow one way or the other without us even realizing it. And, you know, it, it's the, the way that uh, the, the glacier formed Long Island as well as just all the five boroughs is a big reason why this area has developed the way it did. Um, you know, because well, that's many, absolutely most true, cities, Sam. Uh, most, yeah, most cities. Uh, uh, just to finish up, most cities are are built along water, one way or the other. But I think um, it, it it's the the island of Manhattan and the surrounding areas that that kind of lend itself to just continuously building urban urban uh, uh, sprawl, that just continuously building all this this concrete jungle that we currently have. Well, a after you know, the East Coast was established, you know, with, with uh, um, communities stretching from New England down to Florida, of course there was a push west. And you mentioned the waterways. The only tr the main transportation was along the rivers and streams. Uh, this was before the railroads. So the, the, the fact that major transportation was along the water, that's where all the towns and cities started to sprout out as people started moving west, you know, the pioneers. Um, eventually, railroads were uh, in, instituted, and that changed. So now towns could be established away from waterways uh, because you had railroads. Right, exactly. And but but you know, you look at Philadelphia for instance, you look at Washington DC, you know, it all starts like you said along the river. And it's it's fascinating to see the way um Brooklyn, you know, held on to some of its its land, its farms for so long, but eventually all the 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 urban uh uh uh, explosion is probably the word I've been looking for this entire time. Uh, had to had to eke out all the way to places like Bay Ridge. Well, of course, but um, um, once once the railroads were established here in Brooklyn, that expanded the communities away from the water. Um, you know, like you go into the middle of Brooklyn where Flatbush is, there was there was no water in the middle of Brooklyn except. Uh, to get to the water, you, you went on horseback or horses and wagons. Uh, but it was close enough to the East River or to the, the, the Bay Area, the Sheepshead Bay, or to the Atlantic Ocean. So you had towns being established. Look, some of the, the original towns was New, there were five Dutch towns and one English town, and they were all proximity to water. Um, even though Flatbush which was originally called Midwout or middle of the woods in Dutch. Um, and when the English came and took over in 1664, a lot of the Dutch names uh, were changed to English sounding names. So Midwout in Dutch, meaning middle of the woods, became in Dutch Vlakbos, which meant a wooded plain. The English changed it to Flatbush. And the Dutch town of Boswick, which was along the uh, East River, Boswick became Bushwick in 1664 when the English took over. Um, so you know, so the, the, a lot of names changed, but some have remained the same. There are still many d streets in Brooklyn and throughout New York City, the five boroughs, named after the Dutch. 
like in Brooklyn, you have Nostrand Avenue is, is named after the Von Nostrand family. Ditmas Avenue is named in Flatbush after the um, um, the Ditmarsham family. Um, so you, you have all, look, Gerritsen Avenue and Gerritsen Beach in Brooklyn, named after Wilfred Gerritsen von Kohenhoven. He came from the town of Kohenhoven in the Netherlands. So all these names still exist as Dutch here in Brooklyn. And the only reason I'm going to bring Jersey into this, not only, of course, a lot of Brooklynites moved out to Jersey during the uh, the suburban boom in the, the post-war time, um, but you come out to Jersey City, and I, I drive Lyft uh, for all you out there. I drive Lyft around Jersey, and in Jersey City, they still have Van Nostrand Avenue, so they kept the Vaughn attached to oh. their Nostrand. Oh really? I, that's interesting that they have it in Jersey. But you say the um, the the urban shift um, to to Jersey that really didn't occur until something happened in Bay Ridge, the building of the Verrazano Bridge. Because to get to Jersey, right. um, uh, well, you had the the Lincoln Tunnel and the Holland Tunnel, of course. That was you know built in the early twentieth, early part of the twentieth century. But the Verrazano Bridge made it much easier for Brooklynites and people in Queens to get to Staten Island and into New Jersey. And that opened up a lot of the suburbs in uh, New Jersey and, of course, made Staten Island uh, grow rapidly once the bridge opened in, uh, I believe, 1964. Right, of course. And um it, it's still very much connected right now. I mean, a lot of Brooklynites moved to Staten Island once that bridge opened up. That, that's correct. Now, there was a very famous person um, who lived in Brooklyn. Um, most people have no idea who this person is. They've probably never heard of him. His name was Henry Cruz Murphy, Henry C. Murphy. And um, he was very instrumental in getting the Brooklyn Bridge built. He raised millions of dollars um, by campaigning to get the money from wealthy people to build the bridge to connect the city of Brooklyn, which at one time Brooklyn was a city, to the city of New York, which was Manhattan. Um, He was a six-time state senator when he lived in Bay Ridge. And where did he live? Well, if uh, anyone who's listening from Bay Ridge, if you know where Owl's Head Park is, that's where Mr. Bliss's, I'm sorry, Mr. Uh, Murphy's mansion was. Um, he built that mansion there, uh, eventually sold it to a gentleman named Mr. Bliss. And, um, and when Bliss died, it was willed that the estate be turned into a park. And that is today's Owl's Head Park in Bay Ridge. But Mr. Murphy, six-time state senator from Brooklyn, he was also mayor of the city of Brooklyn, from the year 1848 to 1849. And he was trying to get nominated to run for president of the United States, but he never got that nomination. Um, And there's a street in Bay Ridge called Senator Street, and that's named after Henry Cruz Murphy. It's fascinating. I was looking at some photos of a bike ride I went to on a few years ago in 2011. And it's funny, I say a few years ago, and now all of a sudden, you know, we're coming up on, I guess that's been seven years now. And I 
made it to Alice Head Park at some point, and it was a very foggy day, and you could see out into the bay where all the the um, the cargo ships were just sitting out into the bay waiting for their time to go, and it looked like they, they were just sitting in the fog, floating in the fog. It was it was <laughs> amazing. And I haven't I been know. down there in a long what, time. Every once in a while, um, my wife works in Bay Ridge, and uh, she drives by herself, but every once in a while, if we're going to have to be somewhere after work, I will drive her to work in the morning and pick her up at the end of the day and then go where we have to go. But in the morning is when most of the time you'll see the fog, and it's, it's an eerie sight. I remember several a number of years ago, we were driving to New Jersey for a family event, and, um, of course, we had to go on the Verrazano Bridge. Now, I've done this many times driving to the bridge there, but we couldn't even see the bridge. And we went past the exit to the bridge. I, we couldn't believe it. As we went past, all of a sudden, we can see the briefly the underside of the bridge as we were going under. And we, we looked at each other and said, we just missed the entrance to the bridge. Because wow. we couldn't see it. That's how foggy it was. I'll never forget that. <laughs> I took I took some pretty awesome photos too of of how foggy it was with the bridge just floating within the fog too. It was pretty pretty uh, pretty pretty. It's an eerie um, sight. So a very eerie sight. And so um, with Bay Ridge, the development obviously you know uh, both in terms of trains and and the the uh, transit system. So. What, what line got extended down that way, and and you know how how did the population evolve once the 20th century came about? Well, I it's the the R train that uh, runs into Bay Ridge, and the last stop or the first stop, depending on which direction you're going, is on Fourth Avenue and I believe it's 95th Street. That is the first or last stop again, depending upon your direction, for the R train. And that, I believe, was established around around 1914, I believe, when the uh, subway system extended into Bay, Bay Ridge. And, um, and that opened up um, a lot of people coming into Bay Ridge, because now there was a, a, a way to get into Manhattan uh, on the subway by, you know, by train. And before that, it was an inconvenience, because the only way to do that is to, let's say, go down all the way 4th Avenue, all the way down further towards the Park Slope area in order to get a train into uh, into Manhattan. So the opening up of the R train in, deep into Bay Ridge uh, was uh, essential for that community, definitely. And speaking of trains, uh, Mr. Murphy that we were talking about a minute ago, he was president of the Brooklyn, Flatbush, and Coney Island Railroad. And those of you who are listening that use the B and the Q train that runs through Brooklyn, that was the original Brooklyn, Flappish, and Coney Island Railroad. And it ran from Prospect Park down to the beach in Coney Island. Uh, it, originally, it was an excursion railroad that took you um, from the city of Brooklyn in the north all the way down to the biggest resort in the United States, Manhattan Beach, Sheepshead Bay, Coney Island and Brighton Beach. And from the 1880s until into the early 20th century, um, that was the biggest resort in the United States. So eventually it became a regular commuter railroad. 
but originally it was just an excursion railroad to take people to the resort along the Atlantic Ocean here in Brooklyn. And Mr. Murphy was president of that railroad. And hanging in my dining room, I have a framed stock certificate signed by Mr. Henry C. Murphy, dated September 1881, five shares of stock for the Brooklyn, Flappish, and Coney Island Railroad. So that's his legacy hanging in my living room, my dining room right now. <laughs> that's awesome, and I'm sure that we went about that. We took a look at that when we were touring your Brooklyn collection in your apartment itself on video. So anybody who mm-hmm. is on the Facebook page can uh, reference that uh, whenever they want to. You know, that's the remarkable part about uh, online content this, these days. You can do, do it at your leisure. So what was, at first and in general, what is the most appealing part for residents in Bay Ridge? Um, the most appealing part was that it was a a beautiful, in located... Terms, in terms of deciding... In, yeah, and just in terms of deciding to move there, uh, you know, back in the when the when the the railroads were opening up. Well, it was well when the railroad opened up, there was still farmland. I mean, you go back to 1914 when the R train was ex, with the railroad. Well, it wasn't called the R train back then. Uh, I'm not sure what the name of it was, but when the railroad extended into Bay Ridge, um, um, developers started to come in and buy up the farmland. Um, and uh, to make housing tracts, and you were able to buy these homes uh, at well at today's prices. It would be ridiculously low prices back then, uh, but for the people then it was not ridiculously low. Um, today, any of these houses that were built, um, you know, in the early 20th century that are still standing today, that are beautiful homes. Um, and by the way, adjoining um, Bay Ridge is Diker Heights. So those two communities blend into one another. You go from Bay Ridge into Diker Heights, you got these mansions in Diker Heights that became uh, very wealthy people building these humongous mansions. And if you go there during Christmas time, you see the, the streets just lit up with Christmas lights all over the homes and movable things and it's just a sight to see. They have tours that take people in there. Um, and, uh, and oh, restaurants. My goodness. The restaurants you have in Bay Ridge today along 4th Avenue, 3rd Avenue, one after the other. Um, many different. Uh, you have Italian. You have Greek. You have uh, Spanish. You name it, the ethnicity is there. Restaurants in Bay Ridge. It is a destination for people who love to eat. I'm looking at a subway map right now, and could it have been just simply the 4th Avenue line? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) I see that at 5th Avenue, it broke off to a 3rd Avenue line, as well as the Graves and Culver Avenue line and the Sea Beach the Beach line came from the 4th Avenue line, but the West End line came from the 5th Avenue line. This is, I'm trying to see what year this might have been, but I don't know what year this map that I'm looking at right now is, but it's the BMT, it's generally the BMT line's rapid transit division. So, right. Um, it's well, there are three main divisions, the, the BMT or the Brooklyn-Manhattan Transit, the IRT or the Interborough Rapid Transit, and the 
the IND or the independent line. And a lot of people called it, it was called independent because it came only when it wanted to. For those people who wait for trains <laughs> for long t- periods of time. Yeah, that sounds about right. Well, we're going to lose the live crowd, and we can extend a little bit into the the um, uh, the archive in about three minutes. Uh, but I just wanted to, we got about a minute and a half left. Uh, is there any information that you'd like to give to our live listeners uh, about Bay Ridge that uh, we have not discussed? Um, well, on Shore Road and 99th Street, um, there is um, uh, a Catholic girls' school called Fontbonne Hall. Now, that was built back in the 1800s, and in 1899, it was purchased by a very wealthy uh, railroad guy. He got his millions from uh, the railroad business. His name was Diamond Jim Brady. And his girlfriend was a very well-known actress named Lillian Russell. And he bought the Front Bon Hall. He bought it uh, in 1899 uh, as an investment, and he bought it for his girlfriend, Rosalind Rus- uh, Lillian Russell. Sorry. There was another actress named Rosalind Russell. Um, and um, for those people who know Sheepshead Bay and the restaurants there, the, the Shore Dinner was invented by Mr. Diamond Jim Brady when he would eat in the restaurants in Sheepshead Bay. And he wanted this and he wanted that. And Mr. Brady um, was a very large man, and I don't mean tall. He was kind of rotund, and eventually that's what killed him, his eating habits. And, uh, and again, he invented the Shore Dinner in the Sheepshead Bay. And by the way, Shore Road so at one point was just lined with these beautiful Victorian mansions facing the water. Most of those are now gone, replaced by apartment houses that now face the waterfront of, uh, of Bay Ridge. Wow. The Front Bon Hall still stands there. there today at 99th Street and Shore Road. And I see that it's still an academy. And, and, and yes, it is. It still academy. is. Correct. Take a look if you have uh, some youngsters that uh, you would like to send there. Um, I, I guess the last thing to talk about and tie it all back around is why this was so appealing. For one, I know that obviously we know that Carl Erskine lived down there, but I believe uh, some of the other ball players were also neighbors of his. And, and Yes, Carl Erskine lived there exactly. uh, back in the 1940s. Brooklyn Dodger ball player Dolph Camilli lived there. Eventually, Duke Snyder, the Dodger center fielder, known as the Duke of Flatbush, because he lived in an apartment on, I believe, East 18th Street and Beverly Road in Flatbush before he moved to Bay Ridge. Um, and uh, there were several other Dodger players that, that lived in the Bay Ridge area. Because it wasn't that far away, you know, uh, a short drive, really, to get to Ebbets Field in, in the Flappish area. Um, but it was a very appealing area, residential area, to live in. Yeah, it, it's pretty remarkable um, how many people still uh, call it home down that way. And obviously, Brooklyn is the most populated of all the boroughs, so... so you know, it, it, it's it's still to this day a very appealing place, and uh, it's uh, grown immensely and continues to to evolve as does the the entire city. Uh, Ron, there, I, there was I, another Dodger you, player that uh, I just remembered. He was like yeah. uh, like a second string catcher for the Brooklyn Dodgers. Um, 
Uh, his name escapes me all of a sudden. Um, Do you remember what years he played? Yeah, yeah, Joe Pignatano. Joe Pignatano. Oh, Joe Pignatano. Uh, he wore number 58, he I believe. A, he was also I'm sorry? a Mets coach. He was, also he was a, a coach for the New York Mets, and he lived in the right off of Bay Ridge in Dyker Heights. He lived on 10th Avenue and 78th Street, and um, he's in his late 80s now, I believe, close to 90. He, he moved to Florida um, about oh, five years ago, I think, approximately, and as far as I know, he still lives in Florida. Sorry, um, I, I was having some technical difficulties. I will have to check on Joe Pignatano one way or the other because that would be a, a pretty awesome find. I'm looking, yeah. I just looked him up. Uh, I, I looked him up here, and um, he's got, he had a very radiant smile, as, as uh, you can see. And any Met fan out there will certainly remember him as a, a coach for the New York Mets. Um, there's, uh, there's this great photo of him. Waiting at bat, waiting uh, in the uh, on deck circles, excuse me, with Getty Images. And so I guess it, it was a high testing uh, uh, photo. Uh, it's possible. He was also, right um, if the, the, uh, the Brooklynites that are listening, or anyone who's listening that's been to MC, MCU Park in Coney Island, where the Brooklyn Cyclones play their minor league games for the for the Mets. Um, in front of the ballpark is a statue of Pee Wee Reese and Jackie Robinson. <clears throat> and that statue, the, the committee that attended the first meeting to decide upon the statue was held at, at Keyspan Park, which was the original name of MCU Park. And I was at that meeting, and Joe Pignatano was at that meeting as well. And that's when I met Joe, and he told me where, if I had a picture of where he got married, and he got married at the Brighton Casino on Ocean Parkway and and Sea Sea uh, Breeze Avenue in Brighton Beach, and that goes back way way back. Um, and I did have a, a postcard view of it, so I made an enlargement for him and gave it to him because that's where he got married many many years ago. Oh, that's amazing! It's really great that you were able to link up with him on that one. Uh, yeah. Ron, Ron, it's always a pleasure, and I was wondering, uh, we, we always like to have our last words. So what, what are your last words on Bay Ridge today? Well, if you love to eat, go hungry to Bay Ridge and go up and down 4th Avenue, 3rd Avenue, um, and even some of the side streets, and look for your f- restaurant, the kind of ethnic food that you want to eat, and go at it, because it's a, it's an eater's paradise uh, in Bay Ridge. And by the way, not just Thank Bay Ridge, you. but every neighborhood in Brooklyn has the best pizza in town. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there you, you got to represent, you know. I know that some Bronx folk will certainly disagree with you, but that's not what we're here for. We're here for Brooklyn today. Okay. Ron, <laughs> I, I appreciate it so much. Thank you for joining us, as always. And uh, thank My pleasure, you to Sam. the listeners out there for, for joining us as well. Uh, this is Sam Maxwell signing off. We'll catch you next week. Take care.